Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Sunday, September 17th edition of the show. It is the week three recap and reaction show. I'm your host. Gary Seegers, of course, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok, and at least until we get this Twitter crap resolved, which, fingers crossed, hopefully soon, we shall see. We shall see. But either way, I'm at GaryWCE on all the different socials, and of course, we got Prime Huey in here today. <laughs> Looking great. Matt, tell everybody where they can find you as well. Find me on Instagram, Matt underscore PT underscore dip underscore MDT, or you can follow my PT channel, Strong and Healthy Rehab. Got that off on all socials there. I figured since we missed last week with the taxes, I had to try to like my 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 going out <laughs> outfit here. This is proper attire down here in Texas. I've learned that's that's the most ridiculous. <laughs> and I guess I guess it makes sense with Texas having problems with uh with Wyoming pretty much all night last night. Now they did get some distance uh, towards the end of that ball game, but. That will not be one of them that we are going to discuss today. Uh, as always, if you guys want to jump into the chat, uh, jump in there. We're going to go over seven games, and then uh, we will just kind of rapid fire through the rest of these conferences. So anything you want to talk about, jump into the chat. Let us know. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can also check out my stuff. There will be more this week on, <laughs> obviously, last week, a little difficult because uh, I am a father, again, in case you are watching for the first time in however long. I, uh, this is my third. So little girl, Murphy Jean was born last Sunday, which is why we did not have a show last Sunday as Huey just talked about. Uh, but yeah, she's healthy. Everybody's great. The mom is great. She's a rock star. My mother-in-law is a saint. She's been here with us all week. It's awesome. Uh, and it's allowing me to be able to do this. So I'm pretty ecstatic about that. Uh, yeah, everybody's good. Even the five-year-old, even the five-year-old Huey, what, what's the distance between uh your kids as far as age like two and a half years okay so i i waited too long right i've got the 18 year old that's in college i've got the five-year-old and now i've got the baby little i mean you were like you got one out of the house but then you just like one just play whoop there it is right right there i mean life is just hilarious Mm. No, you've certainly got that right. Uh, Gilbert hops in already. He's at Fresno State, Fresno State, Fresno State. No dogs. <laughs> hey, big win last night, but my God, how much of that was Fresno State actually being good and Arizona State being just putrid? Uh, they played three different quarterbacks last night, and none of them could do anything, and Jaden Rashada was not one of them because he was out injured. Just terrible. But Mikey King looks good, so that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of mayhem going on at my place. Uh, we did get one child out. She is in college. She is way up north. 
and I restarted the clock. It is what it is. Hey, when, when you marry younger, when you get a trophy wife, you just got to live with it, right? You just got to go with the flow. And that's what it just I'm, makes. It just makes me feel old knowing that she's in college now. Like, oh yes, yes, you were hanging out over at the house. Yeah, we were, we were young, we were enjoying ourselves, and now she's in college. It's, when you it's told me that, world. I was like, dang, I need to schedule my colonoscopy now. Yes, yes, you most certainly do. <laughs> All right, let's start off with this. Uh, who is in your college football playoff top four right now? Because. There were some teams that did not look great yesterday, but do have big wins on the resume thus far. We got three weeks worth of data on these teams. As some, we got four weeks, if you count week zero. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you mine, and then we'll see if you disagree or if you just agree with all four. I've got number one, Georgia, who did not look good in that first half against South Carolina yesterday. I mean, putrid. 14-3 to three South Carolina at the half yesterday, but they did come out and outscore them 21. We'll talk about that. Uh, Florida State, I've got number two. Texas, three. And I've got Michigan at number four. And Michigan hasn't really played anybody with a pulse yet. But eh, I, they've, got the, they've got the game at the big house at the end of the season. So I'm just going to kind of chalk up a W. I'm going to pencil in a W for right now until Ohio State gets that offense rolling, which yesterday looked better. Uh, who do you think should be in the top four here? I Actually, that's the exact same thing I had. Like, Georgia didn't look great, but, I mean, they're a pretty solid team. Texas is just rolling. I think they want to get back to, again, national powerhouse. They just, what have they been talking about for, I don't know, 20 years now about them? Just They're back, whatever, you know. Yes. Michigan, I, Fine, basically. Yeah, and then I think Michigan wants to, you know, I think Ohio State is dipping down. Or, you know, Michigan's coming up. I think I'd like to fight for it with Harborough and and if Florida State look, they're looking really good. I was I was back and forth between USC and Florida State. I was kind of back and forth on them, but I was like, you feel like USC is going to let me down. Like if, oh, if I do that, like they're going to let me down somehow on it. Yeah. <laughs> If you're going to count on somebody, you might as well count on Mike Norvell, right? Yeah. That's, that's how I'm going to go with it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I get the feeling this is going to be a wacky, wacky seat, like 2007. Oh, I was just about to say, yeah. 2007. That was the best year of college football. That was oh. just. We had, what, like seven or eight number two teams that got beat uh, yes. in that season? I mean, it was just, just constant. Ugh. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a crazy year. I, I, because I mean, you saw Texas last night. I mean, they were, they were up ten to seven, uh, in that second half, and they did again eventually pull away. And yes, the spot was definitely in Wyoming's favor, but Wyoming had a backup quarterback plan. Like, yeah, <laughs> why, why were they in this game? Yeah, sh they shouldn't even been close. I mean. Was uh, uh, Wyoming scored first? They're like, oh, okay, you, they're hyped up. You're playing it. They're playing at home, right? Yeah. Well, they, it, it was, was it was in Austin. It yeah. was on Austin. Okay, hyped up. You want to come in? You know, so yeah, okay, I'll give you the first touchdown. But Texas should have just rolled with them after that. Yeah, yeah, should have. I, but it took a long time to get it going. It, I swear, something with this third week that these teams just did not look good. Like no. like some team so. It, I, and I was I was thinking about that this morning. I was out on my run this morning. Is it something in school? 
are they getting like all right now you're in school with studies and your your schedule is off the hype what is going on like all these teams have this little that down it's it's interesting uh because i kind of thought the same thing like what is going on and some of it was you had bigger games last week or you've got really big games coming next week some of it might be sandwich uh spots it Mm -hmm. could be let down look aheads it could be you know all these different things uh but man even when you know the dominant teams in the past would have look ahead spots or whatever these these situational spots in the season they would still dominate their opponent they just wouldn't oh, look yeah. as crisp doing it now i don't know that we have a dominant team right yeah. so yeah. that's that's where it gets crazy Ooh. yeah nobody's just coming out and just rolling over despite like 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 the alabama like if you were watching <laughs> Just sixty. Even USC fans, USF fans, were like, "It's just going to be sixty-four to fourteen. We're going to get some points, but they're going to kill us." Like they were just admitting the students who are usually like the most like, like ridiculously like, just like on the with their team thinking we can play. We're like, "Oh, they're they're just going to crush us. We're just going to have fun at this game." Yes. Whoa. That was putrid. That, That game was awful, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, I do want to hit on this. Bruce Feldman reported yesterday on Big Noon Kickoff uh, that the boosters and whatnot at Texas A&M have let him know, yes, Jimbo's buyout is $77 million. They said they got it. If he does not turn it around this season, then they absolutely are going to fire him at the end of this year, pay him his buyout, bring in somebody new because they got the money. That blew my mind. And part of what he said does make sense, right? Because Texas looks like Steve Sarkeesian has got it turned around, right? They look like a national title contender. Mm -hmm. And he's only been on the job for three years. Jimbo Fisher's been there for six. Why does he not have Texas A&M in the same spot, right? And and granted, the schedule's more difficult and blah, blah, blah. But look, Jimbo, it took until 2021 for them to beat Alabama – they had to beat them at home. It was a late field goal, whatever. Texas went into Bryant-Denny Stadium. Now, to me, we're talking apples and oranges, right? Because this version of Alabama is not what prior versions have been. But Texas went into Bryant-Denny Stadium and whooped Alabama. Now, A&M has seen somebody do that before. Johnny Manziel went in there. And they didn't whoop them, but it, you, they had a lead for the entire ball game, Right. And again, that's another uh, letdown spot, right? So Alabama was coming off the LSU game. But regardless, that was like 2012. It's been a while. A&M feels like they should be there. And now Texas is coming into the SEC next year. A&M does not want to get behind the eight ball. If Jimbo can't do it, they're going to bring in somebody that can. And I think whenever you release something like that, whenever you leak it to a reporter, your decision has already been made. There's nothing that Jimbo can do to win back those fans, to win back those boosters. Do you agree with that? Like, am I crazy? Oh, oh it, that's like the thing. Uh, like when wherever you work, what is what is that? Like, we're gonna put you on a progress or performance review. It's like you might as well like you, you've made your decision up. Okay, yes. you you you're gonna let me go. And and granted, I mean, seventy seven million dollars. You tell me, tell give me that much money and just tell me to leave. Yeah. Jimbo might be good with that. 
might be totally wasted. This crap is ridiculous. Why am I still dealing with this? I won a national championship. I had a Heisman Trophy winner at Florida State. Like, I came over and took these Cowboys' money, and I'm going to go live on the ranch. And I yeah. don't need this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it didn't, didn't need it. You just take, okay, I can just go relax, and, and I don't have to do this. He maybe do analyst stuff on SEC Network or ACC Network, whatever he wants to yeah, it, yeah, I think I don't, I don't, I don't see Texas A and M under him even getting out of the West. No, like you're not even going to get out of the West right now. No, I don't think. Well, I mean, it, this year it's anybody's game. Although LSU looked really, really good yesterday. So I, we, I don't even want to talk about that. I didn't figure <laughs> you did. <laughs> I didn't figure you did. Oh my gosh! Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to the games here. Let's uh, let's talk about exactly what happened. And we will start off with, uh, let's see, write the times down. Missouri 30, Kansas State 27. And we'll go on and pop this thing on the screen here so you can see what we're looking at. Uh, this was a fun football game. I mean, what a game this was. I was, uh, I was a little bit shocked because all of my numbers said that Kansas State should win this pretty handily. Like, you know, touchdown, 10 points, whatever. But, I mean, you start looking at this thing, you start trying to figure out, okay, Missouri, like, they got talent, they got dudes. Man, they had a 61-yard field goal at the gun to win this in walk-off fashion. The kid's name was Harrison uh, uh, Mevis? Mevis? Harrison Mevis? I I had it on mute yesterday. But regardless, that kid, uh, Chunky Kicker, I love Chunky Kickers. (laughs) And he was a just baller him running around excited he was ecstatic he was going to have quite the night in columbia um luther burden lb3 he had seven catches 114 yards two touchdowns he was that big five star that eli Drinkwitz got last year uh he showed out brady cook the quarterback didn't make mistakes that was a a big big difference in this game uh and then you look at it the difference in the game both teams missed a field goal and the one turnover that Kansas State had early in the game led to a Missouri field goal, which ended up being the final margin. Uh, I, I like this game. I mean, it, you see the total yardage here. You see uh, yards per play, like all that. It, it It's kind of even, although yards per play, I mean, Missouri was just explosive as, as you could possibly get. And then you start looking at this, and it's, yeah, it was wild. Uh, what did you think about what happened in Columbia yesterday? Missouri came to play. That, yes. that was it. Like, I, 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 I like, it's nothing. I like Kansas State. Thought, oh, you're going to come in here with Missouri. Missouri, you're just going to run them over. Uh-uh. <laughs> just the, this, the, they kept the energy up the whole time. And it felt like Kansas State was just kind of scrambling at times. Like, oh, we were not ready. We were not ready for this team that was here. We, we weren't ready for them. And Missouri just never let up. That Kansas State secondary, I I don't know what I mean. Three hundred fifty six passing yards, I, that was that was wild on twenty three completions. That you got me. Like I, they just did not have anybody that could line up with, you know, Theo Weiss, uh, mm-hmm. the Oklahoma transfer, Luther Burden, uh, Cooper. You know, four receptions, seventy nine yards. He had a long of forty one. Look at the look at the long plays here: forty seven, twenty six, forty one, twenty seven, forty two. They had a 36-yard run. 
like this was Missouri just hit their explosive plays and Kansas State couldn't yeah. do anything about it. So I it was a pretty even game, but who uh let me let me ask you this question. Is it possible that Missouri is the second best team in the SEC East behind Georgia? Mm. I don't know, maybe second, maybe third. Who would you have I mean, above? Get, maybe Tennessee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad day to say Tennessee. Yeah, the Tennessee or Florida watching that game. Like, I, I think we're, we'll talk we'll talk about this. Maybe. Are we going to talk yes. about that? Maybe. Yes, we're going to talk about Florida, Tennessee here in a minute. <laughs> Florida, like, where is this Florida team? Where, where did that Tennessee team go? And then, then like, Missouri, is, is Missouri going to be able to keep this up going forward into SEC play? Like That is the question. That <sighs> is the question. It's it's going to be fun to watch this. I think the SEC East is going to be at, beneath Georgia. <laughs> I think everybody else is wide open. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's usually how it is. It's always like four teams like that are just, okay, well, somehow the SEC East is just going to go crazy we don't know who's going to come out of the out of the east oh yeah oh yeah uh packer 910 jumps in he said please keep fading north carolina <laughs> uh okay uh i mean i i faded north carolina with app state and <laughs> like that worked out well uh i didn't touch this minnesota game but wait that that wasn't even a game we're barely going to hit on that but we'll get to it we'll get to it let's uh let's talk about this Let's go on and hit on the game that ended late, late last night. Colorado 43, Colorado State 35. This one in double overtime. Uh, this game was chippy as hell, man. Oh, Chippy as hell. I mean, Travis Hunter went to the hospital off a, off a late hit, just a dirty hit. That, I, oh, I, that was. Ooh, I never knew Jay Norvell when he was at Nevada to, you know, to coach dirty players or to let his players played dirty but man there were so many late hits and uh just everything else it's it was it was disgusting but also kind of entertaining to watch uh i mean everything about that game was wild what what were your initial thoughts on that ball game so what a rivalry game like everything i always feel like gets thrown out the window you know the better team or whatever it's a rivalry you're throwing that all out. It it, it doesn't really matter. T players are going to play up. They're going to they're going to be ready for it. All the hype into it coming in. Those play, you know, the Colorado State players want to show up. Colorado, we're tired of hearing about them, you know, and all this. We're we're coming to play. We're we're not going to take our foot off the gas. But I I think from what I, when I was watching what they were talking like the co like uh Norvell, yeah, no, no, Jay okay. Norvell. Yeah. Jay Norvell. Okay. I, I no get names wrong no so often. Yeah. <laughs> like he said, he had respect for Dion. Like he had respect for him. And I'm also like, Dion said a little something about meeting after the game. I'm like, <clears throat> one, Dion is a pro athlete in the Hall of Fame. And you're not going to really mess with that man. Like, like on that level. Like, you're not like, okay, I'm thinking about, but they were ready to play. I think they really wanted to silence them. I also think it too. Okay, now you got two teams that that trained and play at altitude. Maybe that maybe that helped Colorado last week with with Nebraska because Nebraska is like 
what is barely at sea level. Yeah. And if you've ever been in Nebraska, it is flat. You can watch your dog run away for three days. Like it's <laughs> flat. So maybe that was the altitude. If you've ever been there, the altitude gets you. But like, okay, you met another team that's training up, up there as well. But, oh. I think the way that I look at this game is any other team that has a competent offensive coach and a competent quarterback they are going to be able to score on Colorado's defense. Yes, Colorado was 3-0, and uh, but they have given up a bunch of points, at least to TCU and, and here, you know, 35 here. Now, granted, some of that was a defensive score and whatever else, but eh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't trust this Colorado defense. There's not a whole lot of depth on that defensive line. Uh, they don't have a ton of playmakers on defense, and, man, going into Pac-12 play, whoo. They're going to have to deal with some dudes. They're going to have to deal with some dudes. It seemed like they were hitting the receivers wide open and just wide open oh, yeah. for these huge plays. Like, I, I know you got some speed Travis up Hunter in there, right? Yeah. I mean, it, whew, it's bad juju. Bad juju. Uh, Bill L. jumped in and said, Matt, it's a PIP, Performance Improvement yeah, Program. <laughs> Josh jumped in. He said, uh, SEC Championship game, LSU 28, Georgia 24. Y'all heard it here first. And he said, Josh, uh, Josh said they're about to get humbled. I, I, I think he's talking about Colorado here. Yes, I think yeah. Colorado next week. I'm waiting to see what the line is. But, man, I think Oregon could put it on them. I think Oregon could really put it on them this week. Uh, Travis Hunter, by the way, is going to be out for, at least according, according to Coach Prime, a couple weeks maybe. So he won't be playing in this one. He won't be playing against USC. Um Bill said Colorado will be challenged by USC, Oregon, and Utah. Oh, they'll definitely be challenged against Utah. Uh, they ain't seen a line like that. Like, <laughs> not even close. Not even close. Uh, you look at some of these numbers. Colorado State had nine tackles for loss and four sacks. They were teeing off. And don't get me wrong, Colorado had that on them as well. But they, Shador Sanders, to put up the numbers that he has done. And that comeback, man, seven plays, 98 yards for a touchdown with like 36 seconds left. 98-yard drive in like a minute 30 to get that thing knocked out. Uh, cheers to that. But, again, four turnovers. You can see it here. Four turnovers that led directly to 10 points for Colorado. Um, Colorado State turned the ball over too many times. Now, one of them, obviously, at the end of the ball game in that double overtime period when they threw that pick. But... Yeah, the line play for Colorado is still not there. Mm -hmm. uh, Packer jumps in and said Buffs could beat USC in a shootout. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one, right? Like that's, I'm, I'm curious about that uh, because USC's defense is still not really up to snuff. But, I mean, their offense clicks so much better than Colorado's. Whew. I don't know. Huey, what, what do you think there? What is... I don't know. I think USC is like worlds better. Yeah. You, you've got some guys that have been playing that. Kind of looking like the the coaching and the guys that you, you, you brought there. Like, again, the guys that, that Dion brought in from other school, you're still, you're still building. You're, you're still doing that. But like USC, you just, you just built upon experience and, and stuff like that. I, I will say that I did. There was something I saw on, I think TikTok or something this weekend that it was Dion at practice, just getting on somebody and telling them, he's like, this coach is telling you 
what it takes to get to the NFL because this guy played in the NFL for that long. So he like he he does tell the player like you you need to work and you need to do that. But yeah, th- this looks like when you get into it and you're going to have to go time after it again. And everyone's aware of you now. Everybody, you've you've got your game film. Everybody knows what you do. They understand. Okay, if we just keep doing this, we're just going to hammer. But it was like Sanders, the quarterback. Even when they're down, he's still playing hard. He's still looking good. Oh, yeah. I, I did like watching him play. I thought they were going to put up a ton of points here. A ton yeah. of points. And 42 is, I mean, that's that's enough. But <laughs> like only 28 points in regulation, kind of surprising. They had to get a two-point conversion there. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Drew jumped in. He said, uh, Utah is the only one of these teams that has a defense. Yes, 100%. Although, okay, so Oregon has dudes on defense. They got dudes. Uh, UCLA's defense has looked pretty good thus far. There's there's some spots here where, I don't know, this Colorado schedule is going to get tricky. This is incredible how much talk we're having about a team that went 1-11. There's so many people that want to chime in on it that it, it's just this back and forth. Dion has brought in so many just, I'm not going to say casuals, but like, because that, that kind of comes off negative. It, it, people that normally wouldn't care about college football, they suddenly care. I mean, you saw Tom Brady, you saw LeBron James tweeting about it last night. Just constant, just this barrage of like celebrity that cares about a Colorado game. Like I, I, these people would have never cared in the past about a Colorado game. No. <laughs> There was something I, I watched. Uh, Fl- Flimmo Raps talked about that. That Dion brought like a hundred million dollars to the local economy, Ooh. and like they're selling out of their their sweatshirts and the glass. They're selling all this stuff. I mean, like, okay, we are like SEC. We are SEC football fans. I wear the colors of the schools I've went to for my undergrad and graduate stuff. Because I went there, I'm going to support them. You've liked Alabama since before you were born, so you get a pass. <laughs> but it's it, it like that. That gets, it's like wh- why are you going to wear that Colorado thing when like he leaves and they go back in the tank? It, like, are you still going to like? Oh, it's the thing, man. It's it, the bandwagons are what make people money. That's okay. what makes TV networks money. That's what makes these merch companies money, etc. People love to support a winner. And it's the oh, same thing at Memphis or at oh. South Alabama or whatever, right? Like it's it, when they have a really good year, all of a sudden the stadium's packed. Yeah. When they're losing, there's nobody there. But when you go to an SEC stadium, it don't matter if that team is winning or losing; they're going to have a full house. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Uh, Josh jumped in. He said, "I watched one Colorado game in my life before this year." He said he's watched all of them this year. <laughs> Bill said, "I tried to get a hotel two weeks from now in Boulder. <laughs> they want six hundred plus at mid-level motels." it's it's mayhem hey hey, how about this question and we've spent way too long on this but how long do you think they keep him i'm wondering i'm wondering this if he if he's just raising his stock and bounces to something else like well i mean is his his stock going to be so high that colorado cannot afford to keep him see i'm wondering that Do, do does a good program like we'll say like an Alabama or USC or a Florida. Do you want a guy like this? Who's really not 
proven to be like a winning, winning coach because you want to win. Like we want tight. We want conference titles. Yeah, we, want, we want, we want to win. Yeah. We, yeah. we are you going to bring that guy in or is he do better at these mid-level teams of like, if we just get attention. We go up and we beat, you know, we beat some big teams a year, eight win season, nine win season. We do great. We go to a, a really good bowl game and everyone just loves the school. Is it more like you need to sit in that realm on it? It's a good question. There was a lot of hype around the Auburn job for him. Now that I mean, they went and got Hugh Freeze. Looks like things are going to be okay there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, man. He should go to Vandy. Hey, hey, what I'm thinking. So, everybody knows that I've talked about Lane Kiffin is going to be Saban's replacement, which Josh jumped in. He said Saban's <laughs> replacement. He's talking about Dion. But if Lane Kiffin goes to Alabama, which – it, the the odds of that happening are slim to none, right? <laughs> but I still I feel like it's a possibility. Um, if he goes to Alabama, that Ole Miss job comes open. I mean, Dion was at Jackson State. Jackson, Mississippi is where a bunch of the Ole Miss boosters are located. I think they all probably know each other. Yeah, and o Ole Miss has that kind of like that swagger to them. You get players that just kind of want that. Mm. Oh, and they Ole Miss would love oh, the hype. They have good. loved having Lane Kiffin, right? Yes. Because everybody talks about him. I mean, it, it, this is – Deion Sanders is Lane Kiffin on steroids. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's wild. So, either way. I actually saw a kid this morning games. wearing a Colorado shirt. It was oh, a grad yeah. school shirt, so I'll, I'll give him a pass. He probably went there. But I'm Maybe. like – Dang, this morning, and I'm in he might have got a Texas. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. You know, he know did look like days. he he did look like he went to the engineering school. I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> you give him a little bit of little props on that. I like it. Yeah, I look like at him it. like, yeah, yeah, I can tell where you went. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's yeah, your department. Yeah, we just spent 12 minutes talking about Colorado. Unbelievable. Uh, let's move to this one. Florida 29, Tennessee 16. Um, my notes on this. Joe Milton has issues. Uh, how long do they wait to go to Nico? Iyama Lieva. Uh, I hope I said that right. But Nico, we'll just call him Nico. How long do they wait to go to the five-star stud that they paid $8 million, right? Um, did you watch this game? Did you see the interception that Joe Milton threw in the second quarter? Oh, the Hail Mary? Whatever the hell it was. <laughs> like, I think I like looked at like my phone buzz and looked down, and I was like, did they just punt? That's what it looked like. Because it, it just was just like... I could not figure out who he was throwing to. And I know that he was, like, getting yeah. hit at the same time. But it, nothing about that play made any kind of sense. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what happens, right? Like, it's... And here, we're going to pull up the, the stats on the screen. But it, this is the Joe Milton that we all know, right? This is, like, he has no touch on the ball. Whether he's throwing it 50 yards down the field or he's throwing a two-yard out pass... It's got the same zip on it. Like he was throwing 100 miles an hour. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, Tennessee could not run the football here. And, it, like, the numbers look okay. I mean, they averaged 3.7 yards uh, per rush at, at the end of the night. But they could not run the ball, and they couldn't stop the run. That was, that was the biggest thing that I found in the first half, right? At the second half, it felt like Florida was doing everything they could to just get out of there. Once they got that big lead, they were up 26-7 to 7 at the half. Uh, they had that big lead, and they were sitting on it. Like Billy Napier, Sunbelt Billy was squatting on a lead. He was doing his thing. And that's 100% what they did in the second half. Uh, if you want to look at, let's see, 
comparisons, we'll talk about the quarters. All right, so the second half, Tennessee outscored them 9-3 to three in the second half, had 271 yards to only 68 for Florida. Um, <laughs> Florida, Florida ran the ball 21 times for 2.3 yards per carry, and they threw the ball four times. This is how you sit on a lead, right? When Tennessee made all those mistakes in the second quarter, they said, oh, we got this. These new clock rules are going to be perfect for us. 21 runs to four passes. Unbelievable. What what were your thoughts on this ball game? Because this was uh, Graham Mertz looked pretty good. They didn't ask him to do too much. This is what Florida could be capable of if they're not making mistakes, right? Yeah, I, I was just shocked. Like, okay, in T- Tennessee. Okay, you're you're playing at Florida. You little rock. Oh, wh- where are you? And then at the end of the game, that it seemed like they just gave up. Nothing they could do. It was just, it, just nothing. I will it's, say it's nuts. That big offense, a big defensive lineman for Florida. Did he was that like his first big play with Florida? Because the games I've watched with him, they talk about him. I'm like, I don't. He gets pushed around for being 439 yeah. pounds, but he finally got in there. I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> like, okay, he, he he did something on the the punt throw there, but it it just seemed like just yeah, Tennessee just. It, just nothing could go right. It's like in basketball when it doesn't matter if you just every every shot you throw up just boom bounces off the rim. It it, it was just nothing they could do worked. It just yeah. Uh, and Bill I think, jumped in by the way. He said they need to target my man Brew McCoy more. Uh, man, they targeted him eight times. He had five receptions, which was more than anybody else. Had ninety four yards. He was their leading receiver. Like they just didn't. They couldn't do anything. Like they couldn't move the football. Just yeah. Uh Packer jumped in. Milton and Milrow were the same quarterback. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> like I would I would much rather have Joe Milton on the Alabama football team than I would Jalen Mill. And here's the thing. I think Milrow is a special, special talent as far as a skill position guy. Wide receiver, uh, running back, kick returner, anything. I just think he makes really bad decisions in the pocket. And it's not that Milton has done any better per se. I think he's done a little bit better, uh, but at least, you know, I, maybe I'm nuts. Like maybe they are the same guy. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. What Huey, what do you think? Here? I don't know. I, I, I didn't play, but I, 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 for, for me, I don't like, I don't know. Is, is Florida just playing that good? Or are they just getting really, just having a good game? Like That's the question, right? Uh, that's the question because this is what they're capable of. But uh, you ask Graham Mertz to do a little too much, and all of a sudden those inter- I mean, we saw it against Utah. Like, it, are Utah and Tennessee that that different? Especially yeah. Utah with the third string quarterback. I mean, I don't think so. So, but this is it, you. You get a Florida that makes mistakes, and it can absolutely snowball on them. But you get a Florida where hey, they've got a lead and they can. Just squat on it. Well, then you got a different ball game. So Florida, I think, I think Florida could beat anybody left on their schedule. And that includes Georgia, at least after what we saw yesterday. But yeah. they could also get beat by like three touchdowns. So <laughs> it's this is going to be such a weird year. Oh, it's going to be such a weird year. Uh, let's uh, let's move off of that one. Let's uh, let's talk about the team that I just mentioned here, uh, Georgia. 
Georgia got a win, although it was not in uh, it was not in clean fashion by any stretch of the imagination. Georgia twenty four, South Carolina fourteen, and look, I, I don't even know really what to think about this. Um, we'll pull it up on the screen here. They were down fourteen to three at the half. Spindler, uh, Spencer Rattler was dealing. Juice Wells caught that touchdown pass, hurt his foot. He's out immediately the rest of the game. Uh, Georgia can't do anything in the first half. And then the second half, they come out, they score two touchdowns in the uh, third quarter. They miss a field goal. They kick a, or they uh, uh, score another touchdown in the fourth quarter. South Carolina cannot move the ball on offense. The two interceptions that Rattler threw were on the last two drives of the game when he was pressing. They were trying to come back. Uh, this was, I mean, Georgia finally got, you know, a little bit of a a wake-up call, I guess. Like, because they they did not look good in that first half at all. What what did you see in this one? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, is, is this the Georgia team that everyone's going to be saying three P just going to run the table? I wasn't worried that South Carolina was going to win the game because, like that, that, it just didn't look like okay, South Carolina's going to get this upset. Georgia's going to turn it around at some point. They may squeak it out, but it did seem like yeah, like like South Carolina just couldn't. Just, just couldn't keep it up. They just got too nervous. Yeah, well, they but, couldn't deal that knockout blow, right? No, they, they couldn't do it. In Georgia, maybe it is this that third week slump. They just drop down a little bit. And, okay, we're not going to do too well, and you know, they put a foot in the rear, and they're going to do great. The uh, the total yardage here like made it seem like it was way worse than it was. Like this was a tight game in the third quarter. But Georgia yeah. outgained them 458 to 309. Um, you look at game on paper, and I mean, you see success rate 58% for Georgia to 38% for South Carolina. Georgia can have these successful drives and everything else, but if they're not putting points on the board, it doesn't matter. This was still only a 10-point game. And and while Georgia did basically dominate, especially in the second half, um, this was Interesting, because you didn't expect this out of South Carolina. I think this is a little bit of progress for uh, for South Carolina, because their offensive line has been putrid this season. They gave up the same amount of tackles for loss to Georgia as they did to Furman last week, <laughs> which is mind blowing. Uh, but North Carolina absolutely ate them up in Week One, and I think this is progress because when you hold Georgia to the same amount of TFLs as Furman, I think you're maybe moving in the right direction. I mean, they looked hyped, man. Shane Beamer had that bunch hyped up. Um, but I mean, yeah, like you see here, uh, tackles for loss generated six for South Carolina, seven for Georgia. All of Georgia's were on passing downs. So, eh, okay. <laughs> this is uh this is gonna be interesting to pay attention to. If if South Carolina's starting to get a little bit better. By the way, I think Spencer Rattler, NFL quarterback. I think he's an NFL guy. Like, I know it, he's been around forever, but he may See, be... I was kind of wondering that, too. I'm like, isn't he like 30 now? He's he's on up there, but I think he's going to get drafted. Like, I think he's going to be really good. So, we shall see. Uh, we I am spending too long on these games. Let's, this, uh, this this did have one thing that got me oh, go as ahead. a physical therapist. So, the, the, the receiver got hurt. The coach came out and go, yeah, 
he broke, I think he broke a bone in his foot, but don't worry. It's on the same side as he had the surgery. And it's like, th- that's not a good thing. And why so, are you talking about that? Yeah. Tell me, tell me the juice wells situation here. What, what exactly was that? I, so I didn't see exactly what the injury was, but um, that's from what I was saying, they had a screw in his foot. Maybe this Franck injury. I, I, I didn't look it up. I had just read it. I had it on and he said that I'm like, uh, that's not a good thing. He broke a foot, broke a bone on the same side as you know, with the surgery. That's not a good, not a good, not a good thing. Uh, and foot surgeries are very hit or miss. That kid is electric. And I hate that he, who knows how long he'll be out. I'll, uh, I'll get you to go back and check out the footage and whatnot. See what you, yeah, I'll I'll look at all that. So, and then next week we'll, uh, we'll talk a little more about it depending on what South Carolina does next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about another SEC team. BYU goes to Fayetteville and they get the W 38 to 31 over those Razorbacks. Sam Pittman, what are you doing, my man? Uh, this was, this was a weird one. I mean, it, it, that's the easiest way you can say it. Uh, you look at the total yardage here, 424 to 281. They outgained them by uh, over 140 yards, uh, yards per play. I've gained about basically a yard per play. At the biggest issue, I think, for Arkansas was they had two turnovers to only one for BYU and penalties. Arkansas had 14 penalties at home for 125 yards. BYU had seven for only 45 yards. This was the game plan for BYU. They called an incredible game. They had guys open they called flea flickers and just end arounds and found weight. I mean, it was it was mind blowing to see them in situational spots where they could actually uh, they they made plays when they mattered the most, and they didn't in other spots. Um, the success rate here, BYU, thirty percent success rate. Arkansas was only thirty seven uh, explosive plays. Four percent for Arkansas, nine percent for BYU. This was this was crazy. Um, what did you think about this one? I thought Arkansas was what was it the opening kickoff? Like they took it, it back, or is the it was? I don't think it was the opening kickoff. The, it was early in the game. Early yeah, in the game. Early in the game. Because they were like, fourteen okay. to nothing in like the first yeah. four minutes. Yeah, I'm like, okay, Arkansas is just going to run away with it, and it just it just seemed sacks. And turnovers, and sloppy play, and it's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Hey, that that pick that uh, KJ Jefferson threw in the second half—I can't remember if it was third quarter. Uh, either way, it, did you see the interception they just threw to the middle of the field? It looked like he was throwing yeah. to somebody. There was not an Arkansas receiver within 15, 15 miles yeah. of this guy. I would say feet, but like it, he would. There was nobody around the BYU defender. It's like he threw it directly to the guy. 
Yeah, just I will say BYU is always interesting to watch because the guys are like 30 and so they're very disciplined. And oh, yeah. like I think that always benefits them in, in like really tight games. It's like they know, okay, stick to the plan. J- just not a lot of penalties, not a lot of dumb penalties, and they just just keep at it. I love Kalani Sataki. Absolutely. And and Slovis in this game was okay. Uh the numbers on him, 13 out of 25, 167 yards, two touchdowns. He just didn't make mistakes. Like he was yeah. he was pretty good. And so but they they didn't really run the ball. No. Like at sack adjusted rushing yards, 95 for BYU. Like typically you think of BYU as having like as you said, like the big 30-year-olds on the offensive and defensive lines and whatever else. Like Arkansas had 196 sack adjusted rushing yards. Like they were they were rolling 5.6 yards per rush and couldn't get a W at home. Just mind blowing. Oh, so, BYU's got that left tackle that they were talking all about, whatever his yeah. name was. Can't think of it. He had like a real long Samoan name, and I, I they kept talking about it. that guy was a house. hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like it, it, BYU, it, BYU, we expect to be pretty good some years, but like Arkansas housed them last year. Yeah, eh, I'm curious about Arkansas's uh, coaching staff. Right, Dan Enos, the new offensive coordinator. They brought in the uh, the guy. Uh, what's the guy's name? Is it Travis? Somebody as their new D- Travis Williams, maybe as their new defensive coordinator. Uh, I think they kind of miss Barry Odom a little bit, but either way, either way, uh, we did have a question. Uh, Josh jumped in his Pittman on the hot seat. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. He's on the hot seat. Yes. They don't deal with this. Jerry Jones will go hire somebody else. It'll be just fine. Uh, Drew jumped in. BYU played football, got the ball to their playmakers in creative ways. Yes. They had really fun play calls, really fun play calls. All right. West Virginia, 17 to 6 in the backyard brawl against Pitt. We're not going to spend long on this, but um, but I do want to pull it up on the screen and talk about the fact that this was the most man ball game I think that I have ever seen in my life. This was exactly what Pat Narduzzi wants. I don't think it was at all what Neil Brown wants, but you see the total yardage, 211 to 211. Um, <laughs> you look at the, uh, the number of rushes, um, you had 11 passes for West Virginia and 51 rushes and for Pitt, who was down for most of the game, they only threw the ball 20 times and they ran it 36 West Virginia ran the ball 51 times and only threw it 11. Neil Brown was an air raid protege. Like this, I think this is great for Neil Brown because you had to have a win like this. But man, there are problems at Pitt, and I, I wonder if Phil Jerkovich is uh, is hurt because he just he didn't look right. I mean, three interceptions, no touchdowns, eight of twenty passing, eighty-one yards. It, it just didn't look good. What, what did you take from the backyard brawl? Uh, well, first I was surprised that he got a rivalry game this early in the season. On it, I'm like, what? Well, what are we doing with this? But yeah, West Virginia, they were just slow, and in uh, like you said, just running the ball all over the place, like. And Pitt was slower. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was just like, it was mind blowing that this game was on ABC. Like yeah. this was the, and I know it's a rivalry game and everybody loves the backyard brawl, but ugh, what a terrible primetime game. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it just wasn't like super exciting. I mean, if you're a football fan, yes, but yeah, outside of like, Oh, okay. It's 
I feel like yeah. if Pitt just picked it up, they would have won. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Like it, it was oh, it was putrid. It was just putrid. Um, let's move over to this one. Another one we're not going to spend a lot of time on. Alabama 17, South Florida 3. The only thing that I'm going to say here, so there was a weather delay in this one by like an hour. Were there two? No, nah, it was just one. Just it was one, one oh. and it was a it was an hour long. Um, but it was a normal Florida weather delay, right? It was apocalypse to sunny and paradise weather, right? So um that one this game is <laughs> <laughs> it's atrocious. The quarterback t- tell me, tell me this, Matt. What do you think of the Alabama coaching situation? Or not coaching, the Alabama quarterback situation. Mm. That, that is, it just, it's just, it's just not dominant. And they keep, okay, we're going to go with this guy. We're going to go with that guy. Like, can you not just get an a good quarterback? Like. It, apparently it's harder than you would think. They got it. I mean, I think, well, I used to joke that Alabama didn't have enough on their payroll to get a kicker. So I guess they're giving maybe the kicker too much and they got to up the up the salary cap for it to to get a quarterback in. But it they thought they could win without a quarterback, I guess. Yeah, I just thought they'd just show up and like we'll just run them over. And it's like you gotta have a guy that could throw the ball. Yes. I mean, first dominant, you still gotta you still gotta have I, I'm not gonna say an average, like a pretty good quarterback. It's, but yeah, it is. you gotta have somebody that can throw the ball, that can get rid of the football. Um, there was no Milrow in this one. He didn't play. Uh, Tyler Buckner started. He was five of fourteen for thirty-four yards. I mean, it, it just absolutely awful. And when you don't have a guy that can get rid of the ball, you you can't run it either, right? Because and you and I were talking about this before. They, the offensive line can't do anything against an eight-man box. I mean, they're bringing safeties down on rocket fuel constantly, and there's nothing that you can do to get past the line of scrimmage if you're running the ball. Like, you you can say that you'll run over them, but there's got to be, when it's eight on, on five or eight on three, whatever it is that the tackles are doing, there's nothing you can do. I was so irritated. I do think Ty Simpson can work but he's another one of those guys that is holding the ball too long this is bryce young had a superhuman ability last year to be able to see blindside rushers before they were coming right it's almost like he had eyes in the back of his head Taff simpson didn't have that at all yesterday he got absolutely ransacked Multiple times, like a rag doll, man. He got hit from the back a couple of different times, and I thought he wasn't going to be able to get up because it's it's that whiplash thing where he gets hit in the back Ooh. and his head flops back. Yeah, it's who, but in you got to have that ability as a quarterback to be able to see who's coming from your blind side. You got to be able to see it, like just in your peripheral. Something you can't just completely turn and be watching downfield constantly. You got to have the ability to see everywhere. And they just ain't got a guy. They don't have a quarterback. I'll tell you this. The guy that should be starting for them this year, Dylan Lonergan, he's a freshman. Saban does not like to play freshman. But they may have to. 
Like they they may not have an option because he is he's the only one that can throw the ball. So I think Simpson probably starts next week against Ole Miss. But who? I think Kiffin's been waiting on this one. I think I think Ole Miss might house him next week. Uh, but that that Bama defense still really good. But man, they get worn out when they're on the field for that long. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what are your thoughts here? Yeah. It- I mean, th- this was a game to think about, like, okay, Alabama's just going to show up. You know, it's going to be 35 points in the first half. It's going to be nothing. And, like, what was it? Okay, okay, maybe weather delayed, but no, it just didn't look good. And, I mean, yeah. and also the thing, a team like USF, you have nothing to lose playing Alabama, going all out, doing whatever. You're not playing – you're not going to play for a national title. You're not, you're not going to do – you could, yeah, just go all out. Just just expose them like that. Just just go crazy. It was nuts. And, yeah, and and I, and I feel like they that, again, like the players as well have a chip on the shoulder like, well, you never even looked at me, and I'm going to show you. I'm going to put myself on your game tape oh, yeah. and, and show you what you missed out on. And they, and and they it, just did not really get a chance to do it. Like they just, they never opened up the playbook, it felt like. And so, uh, very frustrating as an Alabama fan uh, to watch just a debacle, just absolute debacle in Tampa. But, hey, you know, we've all heard of Florida man before. That kind of thing happens down there. Uh, let's kind of rapid fire through some of this stuff uh, right quick. We'll go through the SEC first. We'll pop that back on the screen so everybody can kind of see what we're looking at. And I'm going to start with Ole Miss. Uh, got a got a big win over Georgia Tech, 48-23, 24 points in the fourth quarter. They finally got that thing humming. Uh, Jackson Dark, 14 carries, 136 yards, two touchdowns. He was pretty good throwing the ball, too. However, Quinshawn Judkins had like 36 yards rushing in this game, and he, he didn't do well against Tulane last week. They were able to find other ways to run the ball, but, man, that dude was absolute money last year. And he just ain't got it this year. What uh? Yeah. Did you watch any of this one? I saw a little bit of it, and I was I was like, oh okay, Ole Miss going to pull away in this game, but it, and they did. Yeah. So I, I you know, are they looking forward to Alabama? Like, let's just get this win, and and get out of here. Maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, they, uh, and I also Kiffin, Kiffin's sneaky. Like, is he also like you know we're not going to do the good stuff, and give any tape to Alabama? No. No, not at all. Not at all. He doesn't want to do that. Uh, LSU, 41-14 to 14 on state. We're not oh, going to spend long gosh. on it. Uh, Jaden Daniels was awesome. 30 out of 40 passing for, uh, let's see, 361 yards, two touchdowns. He also had two touchdowns running. Mississippi State, I think, might have a Will Muschamp problem. I think that's what the, the Cover 3 podcast said. Uh, you got a defensive guy with a roster that he, he wants to play man ball. He wants to be able to run the ball. You have a roster built for finesse. It is it, we we've seen this happen time and time again. When you have a passing team that runs the air raid, etc., your offensive linemen know how to do a specific thing, and that's it. Like I, it it's it's insane. Uh, Josh jumped in. How about uh, Malik Neighbors? Thirteen targets, thirteen carries, or thirteen uh, receptions, and he had like two hundred forty some odd yards, whatever it was. Uh, just bananas uh tell me tell me about this tell me about mississippi state i'm gonna hop off for two seconds and i'll be right back but i want you to 
talk about Mississippi State. Tell everybody. Tell everybody. What oh, he left me with it. Oh, anyway. I was really worried with State about when, you know, the unfortunate passing of Mike Leach, hoping that Zach was going to like, okay, you're going to, you're going to keep that same thing. You have something going good. You've got these receivers there. Like you said, the offensive line, like that's who you brought in. That's the guy. Yeah. Pee break. That That's the guys that you brought in to do that. And then you're totally going to switch over to a running team and in, it's unbelievable like that. Like, and, and I feel sad with Will Rogers. Like, what was it, last week? 12, 14 passes or something? When he went from last year, he was like 44 or something passing you know, per game. Yeah, I'll tell him that too. Yeah, no pee breaks during this. But that was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's what, and I agree with that too. When you go from something so dramatic, as the air raid and you want to go totally switch over to like, we're just going to be a, a power running team. Y your guys aren't ready for that. And like I, when, when Leach came in, he talked about like the quarterback talked about how often he's out there over the summer throwing a hundred passes a day to get his shoulder there. And then, yeah, you bring in these other guys. Okay. We're totally going to go against that. And it was ridiculous. And it was just, it was just brutal. It was just brutal. Watching that, yes, like LSU just did whatever they wanted to do. It's absolutely brutal. It was awful. I love this. Bill jumps in, pee break, and double O'Neill said, "No breaks, hold it." Y'all, I have a newborn at the house. Like, <laughs> I, on, I will man. say this about Brian Kelly: he wants a, he wants a national title. Like, he I think he wants a national title for that for his trophy case. It's only about the only thing he doesn't have. That's why he so went to LSU. Yeah, LSU can can possibly getting that because LSU can get some players. LSU has always been able to get some players. You just have to be able to coach them. Yes, yes. Packer jumped in. He said Wisconsin trying to make the opposite switch. Whew. Yeah. Oh, uh, Longo is Longo will take whatever you got, and he will. That's the fun thing about him. He tries to make the best offense with the players that he has. And right now, like I don't. I thought Tanner Mordecai was going to be better than this, but regardless, uh, no state it's, it, they've got a defensive guy that wants to play man ball, but you have a roster full of experienced dudes that know how to do a specific thing. And you went out and brought in a guy that runs a pro style offense. And it's disgusting to watch. Now, obviously that defense should have been better anyway, but if your defensive coach can't keep LSU from doing that, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a big time problem uh josh said if coach o can win a natty bk will at least make the dance sooner or later well i mean he he made the dance he made the dance twice at notre dame like no problem so yeah either way let's uh let's talk about this oh vanderbilt Ugh. what are you doing uh 40 to 37 loss at unlv and it probably should have been worse because they put up 20 points in the fourth quarter like <laughs> I mean, what just absolutely insane. I mean, what what is happening? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought I was hoping the Vanderbilt would be a little bit better. Uh, Kentucky looked good. Auburn looked good. A and M looked good. Um, and then we talked about the other ones. We talked we talked a whole lot about the SEC. 
let's move on. We're going to go a little past an hour. Is that good with you, Matt? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Okay, just a touch past. Um, the Big Ten. Indiana, I, I kind of liked what they did. Yeah, they lost to Louisville, uh, and I bet on Louisville uh, at minus nine and a half. Um, Indiana, I thought, was okay. I think they got a quarterback now. Um, the defensive guys that they brought in, like, okay. I can get down with this. I like Tom Allen. I like what he does there. Uh, I thought that when they had Kane Womack, uh, who's at South Alabama now, and we'll hit, we'll hit on we'll hit on South Alabama in a little bit. Uh, but him and Kalen DeBoer, who is now the Washington coach, he had those guys as his coordinators in 2020. They were awesome. And now, like we saw last year, they were a debacle. But I mean, he used the portal and got some dudes. They look okay. Like I, I think they can win. Some, like not a bunch. I mean, they're one and two, but, you know, your losses are to Louisville and uh, Ohio State. So, yeah, I was uh, I was kind of impressed with them. Uh, Maryland. Uh, did you watch the game on Friday night against Virginia? I watched I watched some of that. I had it, I had it on, and they were handling Virginia pretty well. So, Virginia goes up 14 to nothing in this game. And my immediate reaction is, Okay, my numbers know nothing. Like, obviously, my model is completely broken. What is going on here? And then you see steady, like, seven points in the first, seven points in the second, seven points in the third. And fourth quarter, they put up three touchdowns because they finally got some Virginia mistakes. Uh, Baby Tua, that if he was at Alabama right now, remember, he's an Alabama transfer. If he was at Alabama right now, Alabama would be a national title contender. And they are not right now because they ain't got a dude like that. He's awesome. Like he's he's just a dude. So I uh I enjoyed watching. I think they've got a chance to be really, really good this year. I think Maryland can be really good. Penn State, they exercised the Illinois demons. <laughs> took some uh took some mistakes from Illinois. Uh Luke Altmeyer. Okay. Not great at quarterback for Illinois. And that defense, they still got some dudes on that defensive line. But, I mean, Penn State just kind of methodical in getting a 17-point win here, like did what they were supposed to do. Uh, it was it was a very Big Ten ball game. That, mm-hmm. that game on, on Fox's big noon kick or whatever screamed, screamed Big Ten. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, you want to move to the Pac-12? Sounds good. All right. Pac-12. And I'm going to start with this. Oh, oh. well, we'll talk about North Carolina in just a little bit in the ACC. Um, Washington, 41-7. to Now, I don't want to spend long on the Mel Tucker stuff. I thought maybe the players were like would step up and play big, you know, because how dare you – try and run our coach out of town or whatever. Uh, no, no, they did not show up at all. This was 35 to nothing at the half. It was a, it, it, so, so here's the question. Washington has played a not very good Boise. They played like an FCS school or, or Tol- no, Tulsa last week and just throttled them. And then they play Michigan State right after their uh, coach gets suspended. Um, I think they're really good. I don't know that they're really good. Like we're going to find out a lot this week. Uh, this week four is like the PAC 12 showcase week. 
Like it's <laughs> this week's. Have you seen the schedule for this week? By the way, I have not. Not oh, this, not this coming well, week. Here, let's let's click on that and see if it'll load up for us. Um, UCLA, Utah, Colorado, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington State, USC is going to absolutely house Arizona State and Cal in Washington. I think we're going to have some good games. This oh week. yeah, that looks really good. Oh yeah. So, but week three, so Washington, I think is really good. Uh, Utah, Weber State is a phenomenal FCS team. So that one, uh, pretty close, 31 to seven, but also Weber State's really good. So, and they they went with Nate Johnson at quarterback. They just did a, a modified Wildcat. Like that's that's all they ran. And it was, it was perfect. He was, he was really good. Um, I think they might have Cam Rising back for UCLA next week. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, Oregon State just kind of toyed with San Diego State. Like they were up 12 to three at the half and 126 to nine at whatever. Uh, we talked about Colorado already. Washington State, I told you about that, uh, about that offense coordinator, didn't I? Ben Arbuckle? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's got Cam Ward absolutely cooking right now. Uh, UCLA looked good against the FCS team. Cal, uh, Idaho, another one of those good FCS teams. Uh, McCoy, the quarterback for Idaho. He, I think he is a candidate to transfer to a big time, like P five school. Idaho year. dropped down. Idaho dropped down. Yeah, long. This has been years ago. Years ago. Jeez, <laughs> I haven't yes. touch on that. Sacramento State got their revenge on their ex coach, and they beat Stanford thirty to twenty three. Of course, uh, Troy Taylor was their coach, uh, and he won you know national championships at the FCS level or played for him, one or the other. Uh, but was really good at Sacramento State, good enough to get the Stanford job, and then Sacramento State beats Stanford in his first year on the job. So, and then Arizona State, eh. I mean, <laughs> twenty-nine to nothing to Fresno at home. Uh, they without Jaden Rashada, they ain't got a prayer. I mean, they don't have a prayer. This team is awful. They got a bunch of injuries. On, on both offense and defense, who uh, Kenny Dillingham is up against it in year one. They are all kinds of bad. And and you saw that really by watching how bad Oklahoma State got beat, which we'll hit on again here in just a minute. Um, Oklahoma State, they got trashed at home by South Alabama. But Oklahoma State handled Arizona State by two touchdowns last week. So that's a bad football team. Um, and Arizona. 31 to 10 over UTEP, like Arizona now two and one. Uh, probably should have won that Mississippi State game last week, but is what it is. So uh, we'll move ahead. All right. So the ACC. Let's uh, let's scroll through this, and we'll just hit on the uh, the P5 for today. Louisville uh, looked good, three and zero. Obviously, I already talked about that, but Indiana impressed me a little bit. Uh, Syracuse. Got a big win over uh, Purdue, wherever that game is. There we go, 35 to 20. I think Syracuse could be really, really good. Like I'd, Garrett Schrader, former Mississippi State quarterback, 25 carries, 195 yards, four touchdowns. Like Jason Beck is the, um, is the offensive coordinator. He was the quarterback's coach under Robert Anai. He knows what to do with these quarterbacks, man. Uh, and Drew jumps in. He said, Rocky Long defense. Yes. They lost Tony White. 
He went over to Nebraska with Matt Rule. Dude, Rocky Long is the one that taught Tony White everything he knows. This defense was tailored for him. And he came in. He is just absolutely dealing right now on defense. Syracuse is a good ball club. Uh, did you see anything on this one? I, I did not watch that one. I saw it on T I saw it on there, but I was I don't know who else was playing at the same time and I had that one up. I was like, oh Syracuse. I may start watching them now. <laughs> I've been disappointed in the past when I've watched them. Oh yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. Uh, I think they got the coordinators right now, though. I think they got the I, and look, Dino Babers gets the most out of that team. It is that's a tough job. I mean, that's so difficult. Like that that's supposed to be a big E school. They're not supposed to be competing in the ACC. So, you know, the fact that they're three and zero, they opened up last year, I think five and zero before they played Clemson. Um, they'll they'll do the same thing here. They'll beat some teams they're not supposed to, and it's because they're well coached. You know, they got some dudes, but uh, Rutgers uh, beat Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is a debacle. Um, Grant Wells is out, and it's not just him. They got a bunch of injuries. So Virginia Tech, I mean, that's. Brent Pry after this, his uh his post-game press conference, just it, he's he's selling all the stuff that you have to when you don't have a good football team and you know it, right? <laughs> There's nothing that you can sell to anybody that's watching. Like it's this is gonna be a bad football team for a while, and we're just gonna keep working and we're gonna get better, they say. Uh Wake Forest and Old Dominion. Did you keep up with this at all? I was. I, I was Man. very surprised, but I thought Old Dominion, like, oh. Oh, they're going to pull away. They're... 17 to nothing at the half. Mm -hmm. 17 to nothing at the half. And, and now here's the deal. Uh, Wake Forest was not as bad in this game as you would think. Old Dominion had two 70-plus yard defensive touchdowns in this game. So, okay, 14 points right there. Uh, but Wake Forest looked like they just didn't get off the bus in the first half. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they did not care about this game. They got it. The ACC has got to stop doing these two-for-ones where they're going to these, you know, somewhat competitive Sunbelt teams or whatever. And definitely don't go to Old Dominion. They keep pulling these kind of games off. Ugh. Just uh, disgusting. Uh, Duke is really good. I was kind of surprised by that. Like it, Yeah, I, that, that kind of got me like, oh, Duke. Oh, there we go. No issues. No issues. They let me down in basketball, so... <laughs> uh double o'neill jumped in and said a lot of the top dogs are down and a few little brothers are balling yeah uh we're, we're gonna hit on florida state here uh but first north carolina 31 to 13 over minnesota okay like so they house south carolina they house minnesota and they were in a game at home with app state like double overtime lucky to come out of that one with a win last week uh Drake May is just awesome. Like, he's just awesome. Uh, Double O'Neill said, where did Duke come from? Uh, they hired Mike Elko. And Mike Elko was the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. Before that, he was at uh, Notre Dame. He's the one that taught Clark Lee everything he knows. Well, not everything he knows, but Clark Lee was like the linebacker's coach for Mike Elko when he was D.C. at Wake Forest before they went to Notre Dame together. And then Clark Lee becomes D.C., uh, for Brian Kelly after Elko goes to Texas A&M. And then Clark Lee gets the Vandy job and Elko gets the Duke job. Like, he's it, look, here's the biggest thing that you need to know about Duke. They got an NFL quarterback. 
Riley Leonard is awesome. Like, and, and people may not have known, <laughs> Packard jumps in, hashtag free Tez. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, insane. Uh, but North Carolina, Double O'Neill said App State is an East Coast version of Boise State. They can beat anybody on any given day. They're practically all, already a in-state game. Well, yeah. I mean, it's they're both from North Carolina, but eh. Uh, Matt, let's talk about Florida State real quick. They go up 31 to 16 in this game. And it, I mean, this was a tight ball game throughout basically, but they go up 31 to 16. You think, okay, they're about to run away with this. And they, I know they got Clemson next week. So maybe it's just the look ahead spot. And this team is not fully matured yet to, to where they can just dominate everybody week in and week out. But there were, I mean, this thing was a little disconcerting. Wasn't it? Is that what you saw in this? Yeah, I was thinking like, okay, you're gonna smoke. You're just gonna smoke Boston College. But then watching that game, like, why are you letting them stay in this game? Like, why? Why are you letting them stay? Come back, you know, come back in. Where you have to come? Okay, all right. You can't pull your starters. You can't just kind of pull back a little bit. But I was very surprised. Uh, I got really more interested in the game as it went on, and did and you, uh, Boston College did you started. Imagine? what the conversation would have been going oh into gosh. Florida state Clemson week. If they had let Boston college beat them. It's like, and I know weather was a part of this game. I know they were dealing with like 35 mile an hour wind gusts and whatever else. Jordan Travis went out with an injury for a little bit. Like he's <laughs> when he goes out with an injury, he wants you to know that he's <laughs> injured. Like he just, he's, he's, Oh, he's holding his arm. He's just, Oh, uh, and then he comes back out there. It's like, come on. Like, a, I don't know. Uh, they, they had trouble running the ball on Boston College. That's an issue. Um, you look at the team stats, and it was like Boston College outgained them by 127 yards or 117 yards. Like, that's that's wild to me. I, I have no idea what to think of it. Boston College did have 18 penalties for 131 yards, so you can't count on the home cooking, I guess. Because uh, they were at home in Chestnut Hill. But, whoo, Florida State, I guess they just didn't care. We'll see what they come out and look like against Clemson. Yeah. But it's hard to imagine that this is the same team that just beat the piss out of LSU just a couple yeah. weeks ago. Um, Big 12. we got to move on to the Big 12. All right. Da-da-da-da-da. Let's see. It'll load up eventually. Uh, and we'll we'll stay off the G5 stuff here in a little bit. Um. Texas. Let's do that one. Let's talk about Texas. This game was close. I mean, it was it was 10 to 3 Texas at the half, and then it was 10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. And then Texas rattles off three touchdowns. So <laughs> and this is with the backup quarterback for Wyoming. I I guess this is the letdown spot right after Bama, and they play Baylor next week. Like, is that the only explanation you got for it? Yeah, I was very surprised. Like, okay, just looking ahead, thinking, oh, okay, you're going to, you know, you're coming to our house. Are you going to play? I don't know. Maybe something going on is all these these big schools right now, and everyone's just tired or just losing focus or I don't know. I don't know. Is there any kind of like 
holiday coming up for couples. Maybe their girlfriends are giving too much, you know, trouble or something. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe they partied too much after the win in Tuscaloosa so, last week. Yeah, like, just, just, just <laughs> think. Well, and they can run into it too. Hey, we beat, we beat Alabama. We, we showed them up, and then it's like, hey, you, you lost your focus. Yes, yes. Um. So Double O'Neill said the score doesn't reflect the game. Uh, Wyoming was hanging in. Yes, one hundred percent. Drew said altitude <clears throat> is getting those Texas boys. This was in Austin. Unless Wyoming brought the altitude with them, that would not be an excuse. Uh, Double O'Neill said uh, they were too high. Um, and Packer uh, said that Bama's out of the top 10. Oh, I guess the uh, the AP top 25 was dropped. Um, which, who cares? <laughs> who cares about the rankings? Um, let's, uh, let's look at the rest. Oklahoma, anytime they play a less talented team, they are going to beat the piss out of them. That's what Jeff Levy likes to do. They like to run up the score on teams that have no chance. Um, and that's what they did against Tulsa. They were up 28 to nothing after the first quarter. So uh, Baylor still didn't look good against Long Island, but, you know, they get a win. So that's, I guess, a step in the right direction. Uh, even against Long Island, uh, Sawyer Robertson, the quarterback, uh, 113 yards passing. Yuck. <laughs> Just not good. Iowa State, uh, for anybody that had the under five and a half on them before all the gambling suspensions were announced, uh, cheers to you. Because Ohio got the dub 10 to 7. Um, Iowa State did not score a point until the fourth quarter here. Now, Ohio, maybe they've got a good defense. They held Florida Atlantic to only 10 points last week, uh, three of which were offensive. And maybe they're good. I don't know. Miami of Ohio beat Cincinnati. Uh, that's the first time I've seen that happen in a long, long time. Since he almost always has a significantly better roster. Uh, Miami of Ohio was my bet to win the MAC this year. Like, I think they're going to beat Ohio. I think they're going to win that conference uh, because they've got a really good defense. But it wasn't defense. Like, they were they were good. They were good on offense. They were good on defense, like everything. Um, who else? Oh, this is the one. Okay, so we talked about BYU. We talked about uh, West Virginia. TCU in Houston, 36-13. to 13. Uh, That's exactly what I expected. I think Dana, Dana might be in some trouble. And you know when Dana Holgerson is talking about his buyout, which he didn't this time, but he's been talking about it basically since before the season started. I think he knew he was going to have a not great ball club. But this was your first game at home as a it, like in the Big 12 Conference. Your first conference game at home. You're hosting TCU, and you get throttled. I don't think that's going to go over well with Fertitta and all those guys. But Dana did say in the offseason, if they want to fire me, I got a buyout. Go ahead and pay me my money. Like, <laughs> just, did you get to watch any of that one last night? I kept trying to find it. I, I kept trying it to, to get to it. Yeah. It, <clears throat> some kept screwing up. I said, I want to watch I want to watch that game. There wasn't much to watch. There wasn't much to watch. It was just a debacle. Uh, Kansas 31 to 24. I think this was a little bit of a letdown or look ahead spot for Kansas. Uh, Nevada is not good. This should not have been a ball game, but regardless. And then finally, this will be the last one that we talk about South Alabama 33 to seven over Oklahoma state 33 to seven in Stillwater. Uh, Webb, the running back for them 
as you see on the screen here, 18 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns. This was never, this wasn't anything fluky. Like this was not, you know, turnovers and this and that. I mean, they're, they did have turnovers, but like South Alabama threw the ball 16 times and demolished them. Like they were 10 out of 16 passing 152 yards, two touchdowns. They ran the ball down their throats. Ran it 47 times for an average of 5.2 yards per rush. Oklahoma State got problems. They played three quarterbacks. They were all <laughs> terrible. Like, Alan Bowman's QBR in this game was 2.3. <laughs> 2.3 out of, like, 100. I mean, what are we doing? Ugh, just bananas. Uh, Oklahoma State could not run the ball on them. 29 carries for 3.2 yards per rush. This was not great. This was not great. Um, I don't know what to think of Mike Gundy. Like I, you would, you would question about him maybe being on the hot seat, but I don't think so. I think he's pretty comfortable with it. Like maybe they'll have a down year this year and they'll just figure it out next year. But whew, that's bad. He, he can just be that position where it's like, look, we're just gonna have a bad year. Yeah. You no, know, I'll, I'll turn it around. Yeah, just to wait for Oklahoma and Texas to get out of the conference, and then we'll figure it yeah. out. Yeah, I guess. Okay, yay! What a what a week! What a week! Drew said Houston a bit disappointing so far this season. Um, Double O'Neill said, "Dude, I missed the Oklahoma State game." Uh, Oklahoma State game. Um, yeah, Double O'Neill said, "If you have to put in three quarterbacks in the game, you're probably in trouble." And then he said, "Didn't Alabama do that as well?" Uh, no, no, actually, Alabama only played two, so <laughs> they're still in trouble though. If they were playing anybody with a pulse, uh, would have been would have been night night. But regardless, all right, let's get out of here. We've spent too long, like usual. <sighs> let's see what all. Oh, winningcureseverything.com. Grab the podcast, all that good stuff. You guys know what to do. Matt, tell them where they can find you. Find me on Instagram, Matt underscore PT underscore Dip underscore MDT. That long stupid thing, or. On my clinic, if you're ever interested about anything physical therapy or if you got questions or anything about that, about your health. Strong and Healthy Rehab on all socials. I like it. Strong and Healthy Rehab. Uh, recap. Yeah. No, rehab. Rehab. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, the I'm Rehab recapping. Recap. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here. Uh, you guys know what to do. Like the video. Mm. Subscribe to the channel. All the wonderful things. Matt will be back with me on Sunday. Uh, I should be back with two more shows this week at some point. I'll be back on BetUS uh, this week as well. Ah, going to enjoy fatherhood for a little while. It's going to be a good time. All right. With that said, everybody, y'all take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. God bless college football. And hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hand
hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.